0: Avengers Initiative, Hawkeye.
1: Welcome to the Avengers Initiative, Hawkeye, a PoppyChulaRadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Tuesday, December 21st, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on Disney Plus's Hawkeye. Please welcome my co-host, Professor
2: X. Hi, I made macaroni. You want some?
1: Yes, because boxed macaroni is delicious. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 5, which was titled Ronin, and debuted December 15th, 2021, via Disney+. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. After a fallout between Clint and Kate... The young archer is ready to abandon her dream of becoming a hero. Meanwhile, a guilt-ridden Clint prepares to go face-to-face with the tracksuit mafia, owning up to past actions. Everything changes, however, when Kate makes a surprising discovery. Dun-dun-dun... All right, so we start off the episode in the past, in 2018. We seem to always revisit 2018 on these Disney Plus series, but we revisit it for a pretty spectacular reason. We get to see Yelena, in the past, trying to save a fellow widow. When she realizes the fellow widow is actually not brainwashed, in full control of herself, and is just enjoying a um, mercenary-slash-killer-for-hire lifestyle. When she gets blipped, she returns seconds later, but in reality it's five years later, and all she wants to do is find her sister. Professor, talk to me about this. What an interesting way to open the episode. This is now just the second episode that uh, we, we got a flashback uh, at the start. Uh, we got it in episode, uh, what was it, episode uh, three, right, and now five. Uh, um, we thought we were going to get one for Jack, we didn't, but we got one for Yelena, which uh, was, I would say, pretty welcome, right, Professor?
2: Yeah, I mean, it tied beautifully into uh, the end of Black Widow, um, you know, uh, letting us know, you know, sort of tying it into the reveal with uh, with Yelena at the end of that. Uh, and, you know, the 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 blip really, as far as, you know, the MCU is concerned, it is the gift that keeps on giving because everyone seems to get their take on telling it visually something that, you know, you would think would have been done and done and done and done. But think about how many different ways, you know, from the comic of Spider-Man Far From Home to, uh, to this, which was... You, probably the creepiest, uh, creepiest or second creepiest. I remember uh, Monica Rambeau uh, had a very creepy, uh, you know, um, blipping scene as well. Uh, But I thought it brought out the horror and it really allowed Yelena to play up the fact that, you know, the moment she's out of it, her first thought is where's Natasha. And of course we know where where Natasha is, but not even the people she's talking to would have known at that point, Uh, you know, what had happened to her sister. So it, it really is good to foreground that relationship with Natasha, and uh, explain why it's going to be so important for her in the rest of the episode.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. Yeah. Poor Yelena. Poor Yelena, because... Yeah. Poor Yelena, is all I will say. What a great way to open the episode. As you said, Professor, you know, just the various interpretations for the characters of, like, what they were doing, what they were in the middle of, what they were returning to after getting blipped. I hate that it's called the blip. I wish that it was called the snap. I know probably no one would know that it was a snap when they were naming it, but it just sounds so weird as, uh, oh, the blip. I like the snap, but anyway. Maybe the snap is, would have sounded too silly. Anywho... So uh, this all happens before we even get the Marvel logo, before we we yeah, before we get the Marvel logo and uh, and even the previously on. So uh, once we dip into the actual episode, we have an interesting conversation between mother and daughter. And by the end of the episode, we know for certain, Eleanor is shifty and shady. But we just had our suspicions. But even with our suspicions, Professor, what did you think of uh, Eleanor and Kate together? Kate returning, um, a bit disheveled, uh, heartbroken that, um, that, that Hawkeye does not want her to be the hero that she wants to be.
2: You know, I thought it was a really strong scene. I mean, again, Marvel does a great job of casting. We've we've raved and raved and raved about Haley Steinfeld, but you know, Vera Faramiga was was great as her mother, as as Eleanor. And you know, much as I've said since episode one, since the moment we met her, she's she's bad. She's bad news. She's going to be the big bad, or at least a big bad. Uh, but the scene with with uh, with Kate was so sweet and touching, and full of such you know mother daughter. Uh, warmth that I did find myself wondering for just a moment. Hmm, could I have been wrong about that? Uh, of course, I wasn't, as we find out later in the episode. But no, I thought it was—it was a great scene because you know everything we've seen about Eleanor has has been portraying her, you know, very much she's mm-hmm. trying to protect her daughter. Uh, and everything we've seen her do has been about protecting her daughter. Now there have been the skeevy moments around the sides, which we've talked about. Uh, but that scene I thought was very strong, where, you know, she's she's a mother who's, uh, you know, who's looking at her daughter who's who's lost a dream on the one hand, but it was a dangerous dream and a bad dream from the mother's point of view. So on the one hand, she's feeling bad for her daughter and wanting to comfort her, but on the other hand, she's relieved. That her daughter has made this decision, so it's it's kind of interesting. It's like you know, if if your uh, if your daughter were to you know break up with a really bad guy that she was dating. On the one hand, it's like oh, it's so sad that you're sad. On the other hand, yay, party time.
1: Exactly. Yes. 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 Uh, I'm really enjoying Vera Farmiga as uh, Eleanor. Um, yeah, uh, she is fascinating, and she's been playing her pretty pretty much consistently you know as you know the the worried mother and uh i'm ready for the turn um yeah, i'm i'm ready for it uh, i'm curious to see if we are going to get a full turn or if she's still going to be playing you know i got into the situation because i'm a caring mother we're going to have to wait and see um there there's only one episode left so uh stay tuned The immediate next scene has to do with Kazi and Maya, but we're going to save that for a little bit later because I have a big question about Mr. Kazi for you, Professor. So let's get to what I would say was like the highlight of the episode. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you felt like this was the scene of the episode, but we have a nine-minute full-on exposition conversation between Kate Bishop and Yelena. Professor, talk to me about it. This was spectacular. A little website that I uh, frequent called uh, tvline.com gave its Performer of the Week, well, technically it was the Performers of the Week, to Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh for this scene alone nine minutes of mac and cheese goodness talk to me about it professor
2: oh this this was absolutely the scene of the episode uh, you know i mentioned last episode it didn't have a scene like that you know uh, that car chase scene or it didn't have a scene like the larping scene that sort of you know was what you look back at the episode and you think aha that was it this scene was that for this episode it was just a goddamn delight and, and a lot of it yes it was the writing and, and while florence pugh is obviously chewing the scenery as much as she's chewing the mac and cheese with sriracha sauce kate is playing it absolutely perfectly across from her hayley seinfeld made the choice to absolutely play it lower key compared to the the expansive confidence of florence pugh which makes perfect sense because you know uh, florence pugh is playing you know the badass assassin who just keeps qua- casually reminding uh, Kate that, you know, if I wanted you to be dead, you'd be dead so many times. You wouldn't even have made it through the door. If, you know, And it's just, you know, her confidence, and it's not arrogance at all. It is a confidence that we understand and that Kate understands is entirely earned. And Kate in that scene is realizing exactly what she's up against. She's not up against, you know, the tracksuit mafia at this point. She is up against someone who is absolutely stone-cold killer, very capable. And Kate is probably realizing for one of the first times in her life, someone much better than her, much more talented, much more deadly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, Haley Steinfeld made a great way of playing that as the slightly nervous, uh, you know, never, you know, getting comfortable, even though, you know, uh, Yelena is ostensibly being, you know, very open and friendly. And, you know, I think to a certain extent there was a, a real sense of when she said, thanks for this girl's night. It, it almost felt kind of real. It could be seen as just a mocking sort of thing, but, you know, Yelena doesn't have, anyone any close friends that we know of uh you know she's lost her sister and um i i just i i I so uh the only thing wrong with that scene is it was only nine minutes long and if we don't get a uh you know a a two-person buddy comedy of kate and yelena driving across the country and you know solving crimes and kicking ass uh that is a terrible terrible missed uh, uh missed goal by marvel
1: oh i now need that in my life um yeah spectacular so much fun ridiculous in the best way possible uh you only have one fork that is very strange that is not cutlery like it was just it's quotable it's fantastic it was nutty it was beautiful it was Oh it's spectacular and uh, I will cosign what you said, Professor, because Haley Steinfeld has been fantastic as this sort of like um, i don 't want to say over the top but um, but she has been sort of like the comedic foil to uh, um, to jeremy Renner's uh, uh, it, it's strange to use this term in year twenty twenty one but they haven 't come up with a different term uh, but, but but the straight man i um, not talking about sexuality in, in the world of comedy. Because um, he has been the straight man. She has been sort of like the ridiculous, comedic character. And the role was turn. Oh, how the tables turn. How the turn turns tables and all that kind of stuff. Um, because she had to play, you know, the the quote-unquote straight character. And Yelena was the comedic character, the over-the-top character. And we had to get... Kate's reactions to it. And Haley Steinfeld played it in a way where, you know, she was like nervous. She was a little scared. She was apprehensive. And it was beautiful because we had never really seen that side of Kate before. And I think that's really when she realized how deep she was into this, whatever we're calling it, conspiracy and that sort of thing. I mean, before she was just kind of playing around. You know, she was doing the hero stuff in the way that she thought heroes do stuff. I think this was a little bit of a wake-up call, per se. Um, yeah, but what a fascinating scene. It was too short, even though it was nine minutes. Like, it could have been half of the fucking episode. And I would have eaten it up just like uh, Yelena was... Um, wolfing that mac and cheese. Spectacular. But um, outside of just the spectacularness of that scene, the main point of it that we got during the dialogue was uh, the fact that Yelena has been um, hired to kill Clint. Uh, part of it is personal because she feels that Clint is responsible, based off of what she was told, for her sister's death. And Kate, you know, pretty much is like, no, you know, he's a hero. He At the end of the day, he is good. You know, I, I don't believe, you know, he's done anything bad. But um, Yelena did give a, some good counterpoints. Like, how long have you known him? You know? You've only known him for, what, a week? And, uh, you think you know him? No, 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 no. I know him. What'd you think of that co- part of the conversation, uh, professor? Um, I mean, we think that we're gonna end the series with Clint being alive, so, um, I mean, I, I feel like Yelena is going to have to somehow, um find some evidence or something. I mean, I don't know how you find evidence for that. But you know what I'm saying like I I feel like I feel like you think we're going to end the series with Clint alive as well. So clearly Yelena's mind is going to have to change somehow between this episode and the final seconds of the next episode, unless we get an, you know, an elaborate post-credit sequence where Yelena finds Clint and ends up murdering him on Christmas, you know?
2: Well, yeah. And, and I think, you know, in terms of, you know, I, and I think this could be important for um Yelena's character going forward, because at the end of, uh, of Black Widow, we found out that she had been, you know, approached by, you know, the, uh, um, uh, Valentina, um, uh, the countess, to uh, you know, for whatever nefarious thing that she's getting up to. Um, but if, uh, if as I sort of expect will happen in the uh, in the next episode, I think there's going to have to be a scene where, where Clint confronts Elena, not you know wise, but you know him basically having to relive the trauma of of losing uh, Natasha and uh, and and Elena seeing you know what he went through and and how much it hurt him and and how he didn't want to be the one who came back, and I think that will lead her to uh, to to you know basically you know uh, call off her vendetta against him. So I think that's probably how we'll get that resolution because you can't have you know Elena, who you know we we love and and you know want to uh, to have on the side of the angels, such as it is, uh, you know running around trying to kill uh, you know our ostensible hero. I did find it curious, you know, when she was talking with uh, uh, with Kate, you know, she it seemed very clear that she knew that Clint had been the Ronin. and like. No one's supposed to know that. How did she know that? Yeah, I got that as well. Uh,
1: I would assume the whole Black Widow spy type of stuff is maybe how she ended up finding it out. But that was interesting. And I wonder if we're going to get some sort of Although, again,
2: all of that would have had to have happened while she was blipped. So, I mean, I would assume that, you know, this is just stuff that, you know, Valentina has told her as a form of manipulation. And again... If you know Yelena true. starts to realize that maybe Val can't be trusted, uh, that might be a good arc for for her going forward.
1: Very true. Do we think we're gonna get Val in the next episode?
2: Uh, I'm thinking a post credit scene. Oh okay. Possibly, possibly, her and Kingpin would be my bet.
1: Oh, that's nice.
2: Like if we don't, if we don't see Kingpin at all in the episode, or just very briefly in the episode. Then I would be willing to bet we'll get a uh, a a post credit scene uh, with him and Val. And again, getting back to the idea, if Val is trying to create a Thunderbolts type or Dark Avengers type team, um, you don't have the Norman Osborn, um, so you know the Kingpin could be the uh, the sort of you know shady force behind that. If um, if they're trying to create a, a sort of Dark Avengers of their own.
1: Very interesting. I like the sound of that. Actually. And you know she's going to shit-talk him. And that's going to show us that she's a badass. If she's the one kind of, you know, throwing a lot of shade at the kingpin, maybe. If she isn't really fazed by him, that might be kind of interesting. Because I feel like we're going to get a lot of the episode of people being sort of scared of him. A little bit. Maybe. I don't know. All right. I, I dig it. I like it. So, let's talk about... Two Clint scenes. Uh, we're going to talk about him and Laura in a moment, but the first thing that I want to talk about about Clint is uh, well, actually, we're going to talk about uh, actually a bunch of different Clint scenes. I, I want to get those uh, sort of um, out of the way together. Um, the first one in, in which he reappears is he shows up to Grills's home, and uh, you know he ends up crashing. At Grills's place, we do get some interesting intel from Grills. We know that um, somehow, shout out to the Larpers, you know, enjoying that Larp life. Uh, the the uh, costumes are ready for both uh, Kate and Clint. Clearly, there will be payoff from that. Um, we didn't see the bombshell bag being
2: returned, um, so I hope we get a Actually, payout. I I was pretty sure we did. Oh, okay, so he... Uh, when he was think... going into Grills's, I was pretty sure he was carrying the bombshell bag. Okay. I was we, hoping we, we couldn't see the bombshell logo on it, but it was a, a black bag of the same style with, you know, white straps, which is what the bombshell bag originally was. So I'm pretty sure it survived.
1: Oh, okay, good, good, good. I was hoping we were going to see him actually return it, you know, for just for the comedic moment. But, um... But yes, so we got to see girls again, which I will say I was excited about because he was really the first connection that Clint made with the LARPers. And I thought, you know, he would have ended up being kind of like the main person, but we ended up meeting more of the LARPers, which was kind of nice. And he kind of fell into the wayside, and, and I'm glad that they brought him back. Um, anything to add, Professor, or any any thoughts on... Um, seeing Clint with Pizza Dog showing up at Grills' place?
2: Uh, no, I think it, it was uh, you know nice that he went there. Um, I think, you know, sort of, you know, uh, you know I believe, you know, you and or Priscilla, uh, you know, last week we were talking about killing Grills, and I, and I don't think that's necessary. I think you're both bloodthirsty monsters. He's a hero. Um, but, uh, no, I'm really liking him. He's, he's that connection uh, that Clint has, uh, you know, uh, not only to Pizza Dog, but, you know, uh, you know, Clint doesn't know a lot of people in the city, you know, so, you know, the, the few friends that he has made through the LARPing group, uh, I think are important. And, you know, just sort of reminding us of that. Um, And yeah, no, it was great. you know that, uh, that, that cool scene, you know, the fact that uh, Pizza dog does seem happy there. Although I I think if pizza dog doesn't end up, you know, with the Barton family for Christmas along with Kate and maybe Yelena, uh, then, then obviously once again, someone has, has, has made a terrible, terrible mistake. Yes.
1: So the next big Clint scene that I want to discuss is his talk with Natasha, which I will say hit me in the feels in a big way. Props to Jeremy Renner for that moment. Professor, what did you think of uh, that moment he had uh, with Natasha? And uh, can I just say, I personally thought this was going to be the moment that Yelena somehow, you know, was, was like watching him and, and heard him say this. I, I think that would have been a really great moment for her to have, you know, sort of uh, eavesdrop or, you know, spied on. Um, but it didn't happen, so it was a little disappointing in my mind. Um, but what did you think of uh, Clint's moment uh, communing with uh, Natasha's spirit?
2: I thought it was really good. You know, the, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you think about how much of a, a role Black Widow has played in this series even though you know technically she's dead and has been for some time uh in the uh, the timeline of the series but you know she has been that big motivation we've talked a lot about you know clint coming to terms with uh the trauma of ronan and the trauma of everything else and you know we're reminded that you know a big part of that trauma is is having lost uh you know natasha because he was you know right there when she died you know and you know, he he felt he should have been the one to die he, and that would have saved her. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, she made the decision and and wouldn't let him. So, yeah, I thought it was very strong. You're right. It would have been interesting if, you know, if there was is some way in which, you know, Elena Elena could have heard that or someone taped it and played it back for him uh, or, or something like that. Um, or like maybe next episode we get, you know, a, a shot where, you know, um, uh, you know, Clint has you know, turned off his hearing aid and is, you know, just talking to, uh, to Natasha, not realizing that, you know, Yelena is standing behind him, listening to the whole thing. All you'd need to do is have shot that from a different angle and have a camera reveal. And that could be what we were talking about, the idea that, um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Yelena has to realize somehow. Uh, that, that Clint is not the bad guy in this. And for her to find out in that way, I think would be very effective. And also, you know, would be, you know, just a little bit, you know, why did he bother turning off his hearing aid before he did it? Um, you know, from a story point of view, then that would guarantee that he wouldn't hear Yelena sneaking up behind him and hearing that. So that could be, you know, if, if we get a reveal like that, that could be really interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It might also explain why Yelena chose to uh, uh, to look into who had hired her Uh, To kill Clint because, you know, she really had no after the meeting with uh, with Kate, she had no reason to to do that, to question it or anything like that. So we might get one of those, you know, sort of, you know, retroactive, you know, reveals of, you know, a a second camera angle that might reveal she was there. And having heard him do that, that's what inspired her to go off and and do a little digging as to who hired her.
1: You know what? I hope we do get that because it would make the most sense. And that was such a Clint moment um, I could see them not wanting to include, you know, that maybe Elena was spying on him uh, because that would have taken away from the moment because it was such a powerful moment for Clint, a powerful moment that Jeremy Renner was bringing to life for, for us um, in the series. So I can totally see them doing that in the next episode, you know, if we see a full turn we, from Elena. Um, I could see them explaining it via flashback. You know, I heard you. I I heard what you said. Blah, 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 blah. So we'll see if that's what ends up happening. But uh, since we're still on Clint, let's talk about Clint and Laura. Because we had a whole conversation last time about Laura and who she could be, who she could have been in a previous life, And I feel like everything is adding up. Like, everything that's being said, I mean, they aren't saying shit, but everything that's being said that we can read into, I think is leading us into uh, the direction that maybe Laura is going to be the MCU's OG Mockingbird. If not, at the very least, she was some sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, spy type of individual. But I don't feel like they're just going to make her random shield agent spy type of individual, that she will have a code name, and it'll probably be Mockingbird. But, uh, Professor, what did you think of their conversation? Like, everything about it was just so fascinating. Like, oh, we've been so careful, and this, that, the other, and uh, yada, yada, yada. Like, and, and she clearly knows. Uh, a whole bunch of details about a lot of the people that we're just meeting, tracksuit mafia, the big guy, and everything. So clearly, we're gonna get some sort of—I don't know if it's gonna be a reveal in the next episode, but I feel like we're at least gonna get a tiny bit of a, a tiny bit of exposition about who Laura is, right?
2: Oh, I think so, definitely. Um, you know, we have talked about the, you know, could she be uh, Mockingbird or just, you know, someone who worked with him, you know, in S.H.I.E.L.D. But I think we've gotten so many hints of the fact that she must have some sort of spy background, some sort of trade craft background that, you know, frankly, it would be a tremendous disappointment if we didn't get uh, something about that next episode. 100%.
1: Yeah. The way that they've been just teasing it in the background. Like, I feel like we need one, like, a payoff for this 100%. Even if it's just a couple lines of dialogue. Um, You know, maybe it's Clint talking to Kate or something about it, but uh, I have a feeling it could be Clint talking to Kingpin about it, maybe. We'll have to wait and see. It depends on how much of a presence the big guy has in the next episode. Before we get to the big guy. Let's talk about Kazi and Maya. So earlier in the episode, Kazi is basically telling Maya, you know, you need to be careful. Like this this whole thing with the Ronin, it's leaning you down this path and yada, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. It looks like he's following up with Maya, you know, based off of the conversation he had with Clint in the previous episode but by the end of their scene together he's like you know what i will help you get the ronin but once we get the ronin and we finish off the ronin you know you need to be done with all this which clearly she will be done with all this because she would have gotten her revenge on the ronin for killing her father and that kind of thing but later on we have clint going as the ronin to maya they get into a fight But at a certain point, Clint, you know, sort of stops fighting, has a conversation with Maya about that night. And he does own up to the fact that he as the Ronin was there, but he says basically he was tipped off by someone on the inside, and uh, Maya is confused. Um, she isn't sure if she really believes him. Kate is there to kind of help him out. A- and so he's able to escape. And Maya is, is left to really ponder the situation. And she starts putting two and two together. And she starts questioning Kazi about that night, which seems hella random to Kazi uh she was like, "You know why weren't you there that night? You know you were his lieutenant, second in command. why weren't you there i I didn't get a notification I didn't get the text. I was not in the group chat uh I didn't know about the meeting, nothing. I was at the movies watching spider man i you know what I'm saying like he he had an excuse, but she wasn't buying it so we've been talking about this professor we've been talking about how we're going to get maya on the side of maybe not fully good but at least on a better side than on the side she's on right now because she is going to get her own disney plus series and we are assuming she's going to be doing heroic type of stuff in her own disney plus series Initially, I was sort of saying... Because I, w- I was harping on the fact that we need her by the end of the series' run to not be working for a nefarious type of person. So I was like, "Is was it not going to be the run? Or was it going to be someone dressed as a running framing the run, run and this, that, or the other? This is the best way that they could have done it. Someone on the inside maybe wanting the power. Um, interestingly enough, he's still sort of second in command. So maybe... Him, you know, encouraging Maya to get revenge on the Ronin is is a way for him to sort of try to get her out of the picture so he can be um, top dog in the eyes of the big guy. But, Professor, let's talk about this. The Kazi reveal, the fight sequence uh, between Maya and Ronin, the conversation Clint has with Maya, what would you think of all of it?
2: Well, I, I, I like the, uh, the scenes with uh, Kazi and Maya because once we got the reveal uh, from Clint uh, and we realized, you know, what Kazi had done, it suddenly made everything that happened earlier make sense in a different light. You know, for example, as you were saying with him saying, you know, OK, we'll kill the, the Ronin, but then that has to be it. Because two things. One, uh, you know, Kazi realizes that the Ronin has to die because the Ronin is the one who realizes You know that he's the one who sold out Maya's father, so he has that incentive that we've never understood before of needing the Ronan to be dead. And we also understand that you know, know, assuming Clint was telling the truth, and he almost certainly was, that it's because you know, Kazi sold him out because Kazi was actually working for the kingpin you know, not for her father. So, you know, he's he's someone with divided loyalties, uh, but his loyalty was always to the kingpin. And so because of that, I think he would be protected by the kingpin when the shit hits the fan, unless it is Maya who's going after him. Um, but I think it was made quite clear in in their conversation by the end of it that uh, that Maya has seen through him and, uh, and uh, doesn't trust him uh, anymore. Now, where was she going off on her motorcycle there? I don't know possibly to see her uncle, maybe possibly to, you know, put a trap in place uh, for, uh, uh, for Kazi. I don't know, but uh, I did like that reveal and um, uh, you know, for her to, you know, not just accept what uh, Clint said on face value, but basically to challenge Kazi with that. And, um, you know, really, you know, just the sort of very subtle way in which her, her, her body, her, 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 her body uh, and her, her posture changed towards Kazi, uh, you know, sold the fact that, you know, uh, you know, she she didn't trust him anymore. So I think that was very nicely done. I don't think it's enough for uh, for Echo to have a full face turn. She's you know still uh, pretty sketchy and skeezy, but we haven't seen her actually kill anyone, um, you know, on camera. So you know, there there is the, the possibility of redemption.
1: Yes, which I think is what we're all hoping for because we are we are really enjoying Maya, and clearly she's going to have her own show. And uh, if any of what you said comes true, I would be here for it. Um, that, that would completely change sort of my interpretation of who's really in charge. Because I always thought the Ping was in charge of everything Maya was doing anyway. Um, but if they added the extra layer that sort of like Maya and her father were kind of doing their own thing. And, um, you know... Um, Kazi's loyalties were more towards Kingpin versus Maya's father. That's a fascinating angle as well. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, It sort of, uh, you know, ruins any sort of chemistry that I thought Maya and Kazi might have had previously. Um, Yeah, because now he's been clearly working, uh, you know, behind the scenes, trying to uh, position himself to be... In um, you know, the best position possible to take over, you know, if anything were to happen to Maya. Uh, yeah. So Also
2: with mm-hmm. the, uh, the Kingpin reveal, because, you know, the tracksuit mafia was off, you know, uh, uh, trying to get the, the Rolex, you know, from the beginning of, you know, episode one uh, uh, of the season. And, uh, you know, now that it's clearly established that Kingpin is in charge, that means that Kingpin must be the one who wants that Rolex. And why? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And why? Why did... Uh, oh, why was Echo... Why wouldn't Echo turn it over to him? Why was Echo keeping it at her apartment rather than turning it over to the Kingpin?
1: That is interesting. I wonder if she just hadn't gotten
2: to it yet. Because um, Clint still hasn't gotten it back yet. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kate had it at the, uh, at the end of the last episode when they broke up. And uh, you know they came together, and you know he's he hasn't gotten the uh, the Rolex back yet. So,
1: yes, we'll have to wait and see in regards to that. Yes, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, um, there was an interesting comedic scene before you know Kate goes to save the day where she was trying to get in touch with uh, Clint. I don't know if we have anything to say about that, but it, it was. Uh, Adorable, Adorkable as well, um, but moving to oh yeah,
2: very much and and very mm-hmm. much in Kate's character. You yes, know, the fact that you can just basically set the camera up and say to Haley, okay, and you know, to what extent were some of those you know alts or or improvised? I don't know, but you know, it was you know really really good.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. And so at the end of the episode, the big cliffhanger moments. Uh, you know, comes uh, sort of twofold, because we get a little bit from Yelena's POV, and we get it from the POV of our official heroes of the series, uh, Hawkeye and uh, Hawkeye Jr. Uh, Yelena ends up following or tracking down the person that hired her. She snaps some pictures. She sends it over to Kate Bishop, and, uh, we officially see that it is Eleanor that hired her, and Eleanor is with the big guy, a.k.a. Kingpin. And, uh, Hawkeye ends up saying, you know, this is the person that I was worried, you know, would all, you know, get involved in all of this so we got the reveal we we didn't well i was gonna say we didn't see kingpin we saw a picture of kingpin we didn't really see him in action our girl eleanor who we have been suspicious about since day one um we were right to be suspicious of her uh i should throw in that jack ended up getting arrested um he was very calm about the situation Let's just say that. Uh, He was kind of cool with it, even though both Eleanor and Kate were kind of, like, consoling each other about it. Uh, Yeah, so, Professor, Jack is in jail. Um, Eleanor is uh, cozying up to the kingpin. And, uh, yeah, just thoughts. I mean, I, I can't say – I can't ask Art, were you surprised? But what did you think of how we saw
2: the reveal? Well, I, I think the way that they, they chose to do it was, was a great director's choice or, or writer's choice. Because uh, if you were someone who didn't realize that Eleanor was, was completely sketchy, uh, like someone who hasn't been listening to this podcast you know, for the past uh, five episodes, um, then you would have seen Yelena on the street stalking Kate's mother. And you would have been thinking, oh, my God, what's she doing? You know, is she going to kill Eleanor? Is she going to kidnap Eleanor to force Kate to talk to her? What's going to happen? Now, of course, we didn't realize what was going to happen because, you know, uh, we've known that Eleanor was sketchy and we've, you know, surmised that she was the one who hired – um, Yelena to to kill Clint. So it was interesting. And, and again, getting back to what I was saying earlier, I, I I do wonder whether we're going to get that reveal that Yelena was standing behind Clint when he was talking uh, to Natasha. Because I just don't see why she would have, you know, bothered tracking down uh, Eleanor and following her. Otherwise, there was nothing really in the conversation with with Kate that would have led her to that moment. Unless, as I say, she heard Clint say something that led her to think that maybe, hey, I'm I'm on the wrong side here. Um, But uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward next episode to finding out the uh, the depths of uh, Eleanor's uh, perfidy. Um, Do you think.
1: You know, where where she maybe didn't know how deep she was into it, and, and she didn't realize, you know, how bad of a person the kingpin was. Because maybe she, he's just... Because remember, he's been in the shadows. Uh, maybe she thinks he's just, you know, a businessman that's giving, you know, whatever, whatever. I, I can't think of a way that they're going to write it. This is Marvel. They would write it in a spectac- much more spectacular way than I'm trying to explain it myself. But do you think they could give her an out? Because we haven't really necessarily seen her do anything bad. Or do you think we're going to get that full turn in the next episode and, and, you know, we'll see her as the mini-boss to the big guy, a.k.a. Kingpin's big boss?
2: I think she's at least a mini-boss. You know, you were mentioning, you know, we haven't seen her do anything. Uh, You know, uh, remember that first scene where, uh, you know, um, Armand was talking about uh, uh, Jack and Eleanor. And, you know, he was, you know, clearly dismissed of both of them. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think that was one of those things where, you know, don't trust a person by what they say or what you see them do. Trust them. Trust, you know, what you hear other people say about them. It's sort of a a trick that Shakespeare often uses to to tip us off as to what we should think about a new character. So, yeah, I think she's, I, I think they could absolutely and what I think will happen is that we'll find out she really is very, very bad indeed. But she might Pull the old, I did it for you, kid, because I had to. And Kate is going to be, you know, really shaken by that. And uh, I think, you know, part of, you know, we've talked about, you know, the, the arcs for our two Hawkeyes. You know, Clint has to come to terms with what he's lost, come to terms with his, you know, the, uh, the, the bad things that he's done. And Kate, you know, I've said all along, he's going to have to grow up a lot by the end of this uh, series. She only has one episode really left to do it. But I think finding out that your mom is the bad guy and that your mom you know, hired an assassin to, to kill your, your hero. Um, I think that will force Kate to basically, you know, turn her back on her mom, which, and where will she go for Christmas then? Mm -hmm. Who could have predicted that? Um, But yeah, I do think it's going to force uh, Kate to grow up because, you know, we've seen her. She has sort of been the poor, spoiled little rich girl. Um, You know, she's great. We love her. I'm just saying that, you know, in terms of archetypes, it's like her mom said; she's always been, you know, young and rich, and so she thinks she's indestructible. Um, what we're seeing in this episode, you know, and, and Haley Steinfeld played a couple of scenes of that where, you know, she's she's feeling the ache, she's feeling the pain, so she knows she's not as indestructible. I think if next episode they strip away the wealth and privilege from that as well, then they're really putting her in a different uh, in a different location. If and then she's going to have to really decide, you know, do I want to pursue this this hero thing? I'm not going to be doing it as sort of the uh, the billionaire Bruce Wayne uh, doing this idly. How am I going to make a living if uh, I'm doing this? So I think it, it'll really force um, her to grow up um, uh, pretty quickly, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm here for it as well,
1: just because Kate, Kate Bishop has been such a fantastic character. I, I'm looking forward to seeing where she is uh, at the end of this series. And we've only got one episode left. Uh, Apparently a 59-minute episode of Sans um, end credits, which is exciting to hear. Um, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, So uh, we've got the reveal of our big bad, of our mini-boss. Everything is sort of really set up for... Some, I would say, interesting reveals, interesting conversations. Um, I would think, I would hope, for a major action set piece. Uh, We've got the Bishop Holiday Party. I feel like everybody has an invite to it, so shit's about to go down. Professor, any predictions? Any predictions at all? For the next episode, one episode left. We've got a lot of things to wrap up. There are many, um, I'm about to say balls in the air, but this is Hawkeye. There are many arrows in the air that need to land. Uh, yeah, anything you are hopeful for in the next episode, and dare I say, um, you know, any dream cameos that you would like to see in the next episode.
2: You know what? I, I don't know. I, I I do I would really like to see Val show up um, you know, in a post-credit scene, maybe her with Kingpin, uh sort of, you know, clearly establishing the connection there or, you know, giving us a sense as to what's going to be next. Um uh, I, I, you know, a, a good post-credit scene, I think, should, you know, uh, really prepare you for that. I don't see how they could, you know, go from this to, you know, their upcoming shows like Ms. Marvel or She-Hulk. It doesn't seem to make any sense unless, you know, could Tatiana Maslany show up as, uh, as a lawyer? How cool would that be? Mind you, I'd also be happy with, uh, with Charlie Cox showing up uh, as a lawyer. Um, so, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I still am convinced that it will end with uh, uh, Clint will make it home for Christmas, uh, Kate will be there with him, and Pizza Dog will be there as well. I've been saying that for several episodes now, and I see no reason to change my opinion on that. Could Yelena be there as well? That would make it that much better.
1: Oh, that would be kind of strange. Um, but uh, very nice. As well, uh, yeah, because I need the Yelena-Kate Bishop uh, friendship to grow. Because um, if you really think about it, we have Kate. She's basically the new Hawkeye, or she's going to be. And we have Yelena, who is the new Black Widow. Like We saw a taste of the new Hawkeye-Black Widow relationship. And I'm here for it, because it's so different than Clint and, uh, and Natasha. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. The, the next generation of heroes are meeting. And, uh, you know, one is terrified of the other one. But, you know, it's going to be a beautiful friendship um, at the end of it all. Um, I really don't know what to expect, uh, so I will be here for all of it. Um, a Val cameo would be pretty damn spectacular. So, um, Professor, I hope, you know, your spidey senses were tingling and, and, um, and, and that actually becomes a reality because, uh, you know, that actress is really damn good and uh, Val is such a fantastic character, so um, that would be incredibly awesome. And her and, and Kingpin together, with Val giving him shit and not being shooketh by the Kingpin of it all, would be amazing. So Well,
2: uh, it would also give you a really—because you know Val is still a very mysterious character. We, we've only seen her in uh, a Falcon and Winter Soldier. And uh, in the post credits scene from uh, from Black Widow, so for her to show up and be you know presented as you know unequal uh, to Kingpin or someone who is not frightened of him at all would really help to establish you know what level she's working at. Which you know we we've sort of been filling in the pieces and guessing at things up until now, but uh, I think that could. And, but yeah, if they do bring her in, I think they could really be giving us a little tip as to where they're going. Is this going to be a Dark Avengers or a Thunderbolts kind of thing? Um, there, there's plenty. Of characters out there who could come back, I haven't fortunately heard anything uh, about it. So I'm I'll, I'll try to remain uh, you know in in you know the the cone of silence until after the final episode drops. But yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'm just I'm really curious, but I am really looking forward to it because you know we sort of had that sense that it was going to be these three Disney Plus shows, you know, in this order once we knew how things were going to come, uh, or, or should I say four Disney Plus shows. Um, Uh, But now, you know, like we really don't know when we'll be getting uh, the next shows. Uh, We don't know how long it will be. We don't know what order we'll be getting them in. And we really don't know what the structure is going to be uh you know of things going forward so i am I'm, I'm really hoping uh we get some indication of that in the post-credits scene i don't want to give up any of the actual runtime of the show but i think post-credits would be a great way to uh to give us something whether it's they're tipping off there's going to be armor wars or secret invasion or maybe just something that leads us into you know um uh you know a uh, she-hulk or you know I, I can't see it being ms marvel um but uh you know there there are a lot of options out there world of wakanda perhaps
1: Secret Wars or Secret Invasion, uh, No, the yeah, Armor Wars. Secret Invasion, um, that might be interesting because we haven't seen our Cree people since Wandavision, so an update from them might be interesting. I don't well, know how it would I fit was
2: actually thinking. Uh, another thing we might get, or, but except they already did it at the end of um, uh, Wandavision, as we find out, one character has been a scroll all along. But they did that in WandaVision, so I I don't think they'd do that here.
1: And I don't know who it could be. The only person I could think of is Jack because he's been so – you know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, my Um, god. Jack was a scroll. That would be so great. Yeah. Yes.
1: Mm
2: -mm. Okay. All right.
1: Was there anything that I missed, Professor? A teeny tiny little moment? Uh, we didn't really talk about Jack being arrested. He seemed very chill for being arrested, I'm just saying. Well,
2: the thing is, you know, Jack is, you know, he is, uh, he's he's a, a privileged, middle-aged white guy. He was from a wealthy family, well-connected. He's never had to worry about a thing a day in his life. So, of course, he just thinks that, you know, well, we'll get this all straightened out or I'll call my uh, my lawyers or I'll, you know, make a political contribution and all of this will go away. So it, it kind of makes sense, the, the the way he's playing that. And and again, I think that just plays up what we've been saying you know, all along, which is that you know Jack isn't innocent. If he was really guilty, he'd be much more, you can't do this to me, I'll call my lawyer, blah, blah, blah. Whereas he's just, no, oh, no, honey, I would have done the same thing. I'll just go with these nice men and we'll straighten it all out. Don't you worry, your pretty little head. And that's what Jack is. You know, he's uh, he's, he's uh, an amiable buffoon. Uh, but in terms of the... Um, Uh, small moments um, when the the two guys in the tracksuit mafia are driving along and beatboxing and they start mentioning, you know, great tracksuits from pop culture. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) oh God, that was just insanely stupid and, and delightful. You know, we don't look at the Royal Tenenbaums. What do we kind of do?
1: Oh yeah, that was fantastic.
2: Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. That was a good moment. Oh gosh, they're so dumb in a spectacular way. Love them. But we are not Maya. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> so stupid. It, it's nice to know, too, with <laughs> the tracks, that there are gradations of stupidity.
1: hmm 100%. All right. Anything else, Professor, before we head into MVP?
2: Uh, nope. That's up for me. All right. Well, let's do it. Oh, oh wait. Actually, you know, I do mm-hmm. have one little thing. Okay. Um, the, uh, the Sriracha scene was uh, an improvisation on the day um, because they were thinking they were looking for something for, uh, for Kate to throw at... Uh, Uh, at Yelena and, um, uh, Florence Pugh turns out loves hot sauce and said, Hey, why don't you throw it at me? And then I can use that on the, uh, the macaroni and cheese later.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. I love that. That's awesome. Um, the one thing that I have noticed and clearly they're doing it on purpose, but I don't know what the purpose is. But uh, the opening title card of Hawkeye, sometimes, you know, there will be an arrow shot into, you know, the, the, um, the title. Sometimes, you know, there won't be an arrow shot. I noticed that in one of the episodes, I think it was after the Maya backstory, um, there were no arrow shots. It was like a solemn type of, um, you know, title card. Um, but in other episodes, sometimes it'll there will be like two arrows shot into it. Sometimes it's just one. Um, I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason for it outside of the Maya one because that made sense. You know, not gonna hear the <laughs> when um, you know, the scene just ended with her father dying. But um, but it's interesting. Um, so it's just something that I noticed with the title card. So. Now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Professor, you have the privilege of selecting the first MVP, and I feel like I know who it's going to be because it's an obvious choice.
2: It is, but I'm leaving you an equally obvious choice of your own. Uh, you just get to choose the less fun one. Obviously, I'm choosing Elena. Um, you know, uh, you know, I love Elena in in Black Widow. Uh, you know, we, you know, really didn't get any of her. You know, just you know, basically, you know, a shot of her face uh, and, and a stare down uh, when we were first introduced to her uh, last episode. But in this episode wow i mean and again it's it's a bit like you know casting Haley steinfeld for for kate bishop but you know when you've got someone as good as uh, florence Pugh, and uh you know she was just fantastic uh throughout the episode she's she's really great and one little thing she did that i don't know if this is an acting or a directing choice but right at the beginning of the episode where they're taking down the uh uh the uh the missing widow in order to deprogram her um you know the the widow throws a uh a saucer at Yelena that misses her and Yelena doesn't flinch, which I thought again is an interesting acting choice. It just shows how controlled she is. She knows that's not going to hit me. So I'm not going to waste the effort to even dodge out of the way of it. Um, but yeah, no, Florence Pugh has been, you know, fantastic and delightful. And, and the more Pugh we get, the better.
1: Yes. Pugh, Pugh. I approve. I'm assuming you were, you were mentioning the less fun one as Clint, because that is my MVP. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but Jeremy Renner, even though he was not as fun as Yelena, was absolutely fantastic in this episode. As someone who said uh, the very first uh, episode of this uh, podcast, I'm not a Hawkeye fan. You know, I've never been a Hawkeye fan. Um, he's just sort of been there. And uh, I am now a Hawkeye fan because Jeremy Renner has won me over because he's been given so much interesting stuff to do. And uh, he cemented his MVP status for me with that conversation he had with Natasha. I thought Jeremy Renner was fantastic in that moment. And uh, if, if I would select another scene that... Would you know just sort of backed up that fantastic scene where he's talking to Natasha. His scene with Maya was incredibly well done as well. A, a nice fight sequence. It was a tiny fight sequence, but man, was it spectacular and brutal. Um, in in a wonderful kind of way. And uh, Jeremy Runner was uh you know maybe not the MVP, MVP of the episode because I I will say that it was Florence Pugh as Jelena. But uh, as far as the emotions and the gravitas and all that kind of stuff, I thought Jeremy Renner really brought it as Clint in this episode. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 arrows? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden quiver professor.
2: I, I think you could criticize this episode for not that much happening. You know, uh, a lot of talking, a lot of character stuff. But the talking and the character stuff is so good. And I do think that they were putting pieces in place that will pay off in the next episode. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of reveals of stuff that, you know, will make what happened in this episode uh, seem uh, even more significant. Uh, I, I overall, I just really enjoyed it. And, you know, just that scene with, uh, with Yelena and Kate, how could, I not, how could I give it anything less than 10?
1: And I will co-sign with you for all the same reasons. It was a talky episode. There really was only one action sequence, a really well done one, but a small one. Um, and clearly they are this was a setup episode. In the in the best way possible, uh, for what's to come in the final episode of uh the series question mark we never seem to really know with these disney plus series whether it's the series finale or if it's just the season finale but uh, we are certainly getting a finale and uh, this was set up for the finale in the best way possible everybody was fantastic i know we it was just two of us so we could only hand out two mvps but I, i will say Haley steinfeld was fantastic In this episode as well. Um, I think everyone did a really great job. And um, we haven't really said it much. But props? I mean, I know we always comment on the directing and that sort of thing. But I just want to add as an extra props to to Bert and Bertie. Who have been directing these past three episodes. Uh, They did a fantastic job. Uh, Next week we get uh, the director that directed the first two episodes. uh, Reese Thomas. So um, it, it was interesting that on in this series there were only really, um, you know, two different visions uh, across uh, these six episodes, directorial visions. Which um, it's interesting, uh, yeah, just interesting little fact. On that note, join us next time for our brand new installment of the Avengers Initiative. Hawkeye, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with
0: us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on air personality? Email talent at Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for "The Avengers Initiative," Hawkeye, and subscribe.
1: Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish listeners a good night.
2: Good night, listeners. It's uh, the last episode coming up, just in time for Christmas. So it is the most wonderful time of the year. That
1: was beautiful. We will earn a podcast Grammy. Just for that, I feel.
2: Second time I've sung on this podcast.
1: Yes. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Avengers Initiative Hawkeye every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.